Well, folks, it's almost here, but while we're waiting for the draft, Andy Reid is making changes to the program that affects how this team gets on the field. The modernization of the Kansas City Chiefs offseason is really interesting, and we have the guy from the inside, the guy that Andy Reid said, looks good, did all the work. I like that. So Matt Derrick's with us today. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Network, your team every day and for free on every platform, including YouTube. You can find us there if you would like sub and hit the bell. That always helps. We would appreciate that. And if we're your first listen today, thank you. Make your second listen to Locked On NFL Draft Show with yours truly, as well as Eric Crocker. That's a lot of fun this time of year. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, the home of the NFL Draft Guide and the Athletic Matrix. You can get that all at RogueAPC.com. That is the place that you want to hit it. And if you do, yeah, you know what? I'll give you a discount. Use the code locked on and you can get a nice chunk off of your purchase. We appreciate your traffic and have a look. Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest is here. You can check that out at chiefsdigest.com. Matt, you're the man on the ground. How are you feeling? I, I'm doing okay. And, uh, you know, hey, could could any of the viewers, could any of my colleagues have said, hey, Matt, you know, you dropped 45 pounds. Look, no, who does it? Andy Reid notices. That's 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 the kind of guy coach is apparently. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I like to call him cheeseburger man in charge. Um, he's gonna notice those things. <laughs> yes, when a when I when a fellow you know glutton of the round table drops a few pounds, and Andy recognizes game. Well, I will congratulate you. I didn't realize that number was that big. So well done. Thank you. <sighs> Trimming up is kind of the theme this off season, right? And I think we kind of walked us through everything and. Folks, if you haven't seen, you can go watch the presser and all that. But Matt's going to explain it to you because I need him to explain it to me because I'm sitting here kind of floored about the fact that one of the older coaches in the league, a guy who's been very innovative on the field, but I feel has been a little bit, you know, stuck in tradition over the last few years in terms of roster makeup and how he's going about identifying what he wants to do. He flipped things up. And what stood out to you the most about what they're changing this offseason? Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, you know, I'll I'll talk to Andy Reid assistants and, you know, former players who will say they can look at a calendar and, and a watch <laughs> and know where Andy Reid is because he does the same things year in and year out. But one of the things that during the pandemic that he really liked and has decided to stick along with is doing the first phase of OTAs as, as a virtual program, the first first phase of offseason workouts. Um, the first phase, you know, first couple of weeks that starts here, you know, started on Monday, um, is is nothing but basically, you know, training. I mean, it's calisthenics, it's weight training. Um, there is no football instruction. You know, the the rules state that coaches can't even observe players, you know, conducting football activities, which means if you want to make sure you avoid the, you know, the the the, the bylaws of the rule and you know not get caught up in minutia and you know in get a fine or anything you know, mm-hmm. you know they don't even want players going out on the practice fields and throwing a football or going to going through any drills or anything like that so what have you traditionally heard you've heard you know players going over to a local high school and catching passes and working you know on drills and working on things you know on their own and that's i mean entirely counterproductive and you know and one thing that's you know more and more players have been doing is working out at their own facilities well you know Patrick Mahomes works down at APAC in Fort Worth, you know, with his trainer, Bobby Stroop. Um, they got a first class facility down there. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's been very common, you know, over the last you know few years, more and more, you know, that sometimes players on their own will get together before the offseason program works, which, you know, the Chiefs did this year. Several of their skill players went with Patrick down to Fort Worth to work out. Um, and what Andy decided to do was just to formalize this. You know, he, he talked to Patrick and it's like, yeah, if you want to get the offensive guys together, your skill guys together and work on your own during this first phase, let's do that. We'll meet virtually because that's the only thing that really the team can do anyway. They can they can continue to do what they did during the pandemic, which was to to give the players workout programs, so they know what the, their their strength to work on. Um, some of the the defensive guys, I, I would I would imagine there's probably some offensive linemen who have already reported, um, but they don't have to. You know, once again, I mean, they can be given their 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 you know their workout plans and work out from home. They're mm-hmm. going to be meeting virtually. And I mean, to me, it's, it is brilliant. I mean, it's it's not only, I think, is it Andy Reid, you know, realizing that times are changing. Um, he's seen something that has worked for them the last couple of years, that it's been good for coaches and players. Um, and I think there's a lot of benefits that go beyond just, the, you know, the opportunity to let players, you know, do this kind of stuff on their own. But then again, I mean, you clear out the facility and some of the the work that goes on. And, you know, there's nothing now that's going to be distracting from the draft process. If anything, right. coaches are probably freed up a little bit more to help out with watching film and making some evaluations. Um, even medical staff. I mean, you got these, these top 30 guys coming in for visits. I mean, you know, instead of maybe participating in, you know, in some of the training they were doing before, but the, you know, the players, they can you know, concentrate more on these visits. I mean, it, it probably makes sense for a whole lot of reasons. Um, but I mean, the biggest, if, if anything, the, probably the biggest one to me is that it means that your players are working together in a facility with some professionals helping them out. You know, it, it, frankly, as a, as an NFL, you know, as a, as a coach or a GM, I'd be scared to death of my guys going out to a local high school and running and catching passes and everything. Not nothing against the high schools, right? but one 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 pothole one gopher hole and you know somebody's lost an acl i mean you know that's dangerous and not only this not only do frankly apec has probably got better facilities than the chiefs do for crying out loud <laughs> um but they've got their own trainers there you know that can help them out and watch them and and i continue to say once again i mean especially when you can't be doing football instruction as it is in in phase 1 the only way players are going to get better is on their own and this is a great, another great way. I mean, they're not only working together, they're working with their trainers. Sometimes they're still even working with players from other teams, which is, again, another way that you pick up extra skills and extra tricks. I mean, so I think it's Andy Reid just recognizing the, the state of the game and where things are going and, and taking advantage of it. I, I like that as well. I, there's a little bit of risk for me, like despite the facilities that I want to get into because I, I am concerned about one thing in particular. We'll get into that, but we're brought to you today by Blue Nile. I want to tell you guys about our new friends from them. Whether she prefers a statement piece or subtle everyday elegance, gifting for Mother's Day at BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every single mother. Whether it's classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces, this Mother's Day, give something mom she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Chiefs listeners get between $50 and $500 off. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the code LOCKEDON. That is the code LOCKEDON 
and every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in discreet packaging so you don't give away the surprise. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. As we talked about in the first segment, great facilities for APEC, right? That, that's a luxury that Patrick Mahomes has. Also helps when you have that kind of salary. You can kind of help out along those things as well. But for me, it is the, the risk of injury. And yes, they'll have trainers down there. I know Bobby Stroop's got an impressive staff. But the question for me is, what does that do to the, the lag time? If there were an injury that required, you know, attention, not just, you know, the normal aches and pains and whatever, maybe a turned ankle or something like that, but something where then the chief staff needs to see them. Is it, I think it makes it a little bit more problematic about, you know, flying back and forth. You send a trainer down there, that kind of thing. That's the only issue that I could even see popping up. And am I making a mountain out of a molehill there? No, I mean, I, I, I think there is absolutely one downside risk, and this is a risk that the players are assuming themselves. Because you're right. I mean, you're working on your own. Um, that is a non-football injury. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're catching passes from your quarterback, you know, in a tacitly acknowledged, you know, practice and everything. That's a non-football injury. So, you know, yeah, I mean, if uh, Travis Kelsey's down there catching passes and, and tears his ACL, Chiefs could walk away from that contract all of a sudden, unless, you know, unless it's guaranteed for injury, which actually Travis's might be. So that might be a right, bad example, right. but we've seen it before. I mean, guys who get wor- hurt working out, it happened last, you know, last year in Denver um, mm-hmm. with a guy who gets hurt and then loses the contract because, you know, he's working on his own, not in the team facility. That's a, a risk that the players assume. And yeah, I mean, I, I would be interested to see, you know, what is and what would happen if the if the teams have, you know, made any agreements with the players to say that if there's an injury that occurs that they will not consider this, a, you know, a non-football injury. Uh, I'm sure the league and the NFLPA would be interested in those conversations and how they work out. Um, but I mean, that's the risk that, that I'm more worried about. I get your point that, you know, that if there's an injury occurs that you don't have maybe the, the same world-class treatment that, you know, they have in Kansas city to be there immediately with the trainers and everything. But then again, remember, I mean, if they're doing this in Kansas city, they're probably doing it at a local high school, right? You're still going to have that window of problems. Um, but then again, I mean, you know, down in Fort Worth, you're still pretty close. So even though you have that window, I think that. It's probably worth a little bit of the downside risk. To me, it's more about the players. And yeah, if if I am one of the guys that's on, you know, one of these one-year prove-it deals, that's probably less of a risk. Because if I lose my contract, yeah, it's maybe not that big of a deal. If I've got a $72 million contract that's not guaranteed for injury, I might be a little more hesitant. Right. And that leads me to the crew that's there. And initially... It was, you know, as they were speaking about it, it was about Patrick and about throwing to his guests. But as you learn about it, when you think about it, the top three receivers on this roster, obviously not Travis Kelsey, but I'm talking about wide receivers. Two of the the supposed starters at this point in the offseason are brand new to the team. So it makes a lot of sense to be able to not just be able to practice, but be able to spend the time together, to eat meals together, to be in the same room, to go over film together in Maybe what is a more relaxed atmosphere? I think this goes in, in one of the intangibles in, in producing a team that can get in sync a little bit more. I think this goes a longer way than maybe doing the thing at the high school when you're when you're up in Kansas City. Is is there a downside to that, or do you think that it's it's that much more important to have these guys with time with Patrick right now? 
I mean, I really, I mean, I think the only thing that you could really say that you're losing maybe from, you know, some of the the chemistry aspects is that you've got the team scattered, that not everybody's in one place, you know. But then again, I mean, that's in the last couple of years hasn't been a reality either. You haven't had all 90 players in the same place and really until you get into phase two and phase three. So to me, I mean, you know, I think it's probably more important, especially in a situation like the Chiefs are in right now. I mean, then, and there's no guarantee necessarily that Andy Reid's going to continue to do this going forward. He might even see that this was a either a one year experiment, or he thinks this is you know the exception to the rule because they do have so many new faces that this just made sense. I'm of the other mind. I mean, I think this is a direction you just once you've gone this way, you don't change it again. I mean, you're, if anything, you just get you know more aggressive with his plan and letting your, you know, until the NFL changes, you know, if, until, you know, OTA rules change a little bit, this is what you do. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think you'll lose a whole lot. I mean, especially since, you know, like I said, the, the last couple of years, the players haven't been together in phase one. And now you've got a chance to get all these guys together. And, uh, and, and Patrick, even, you know, you mentioned it, talked about it you know, having lunch with guys and, and just being able to, to sit around and maybe shoot the bowl and uh, learn things that, you know, and you're going to, and you're going to have conversations and you're going to do things that you probably don't do in the facility back in Kansas city. I, I would postulate that there is more camaraderie and chemistry built sitting on a couch, playing Madden with your new receiver than sitting in a meeting room or at the lunch table within the cheese facility. Yeah, and 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 I'll say this: I bet the guys are also have because I've also, I've seen the photos. I assume that they're going to be having a lot more fun in Fort Worth right now than they have been, would be having in the rain and the cold that we've had in Kansas City the last couple of weeks. So, you well, know, I, there, was, there was a reason. There was a reason that you know Patrick mentioned the warmer weather. <laughs> well, I, I think that that all bodes well for where they are and honestly where they have to be because. I do think they're going to add some more younger talent. I think that that has to establish at least what the room's like when you're going to add what I think is it going to be at least two draft selections at the wide receiver position. So you want to shape that room. I think when we take a look at who's where, we have to consider a couple of aspects of, of what the process needs to be and the timing of it all. We're going to get to that after we talk about our friends from Bill Park. It's that time of the year. You might not be done with your New Year's resolution, but you got to keep fighting for it. Whether you're trying to get fitter or you're just trying to live a cleaner life, Built Bar can help you. These are the bars that you want to get. They're the best tasting protein bars out there. They do their job, including the puffs as well as these flavors that you can get all over the place. They're incredible. And it doesn't matter if you like the, the cinnamony churro, the coconut marshmallow, the straight coconut brownie chunk that I love as well as the toffee almond. They're all there. They're all delicious. And they give you what you need to try to stay fit and support yourself in your goals for this new year. They're low-calorie, high-protein, and low in everything that you don't need. You can go over there. They're generally about 130 to 150 calories. They have four grams of net sugars. They have four net carbs. They have 17, on average, grams of protein per bar. You can compare them to like a candy bar. It's like 240 calories. And that's what you get the difference in using Built Bars. Mint Brownie's a popular flavor right now. They have a bunch of the new puffs that are the marshmallow protein. I love the new uh, white chocolate cookies and cream, as well as some of these classics like the coconut brownie. Check them out over at Built Bar. Make sure that you check everything that they have. Our offer, as always, is at Built.com. It's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. 
Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, now that I'm not hungry anymore and the Built Bars are done, (laughs) it comes down to opportunity, I think, and motivation. Mahomes and Andy Reid, I I didn't see a quote from EB, but I, I heard that there was one, all talked about one receiver in particular, and that is the contract year for McCole Hardman. And we've seen a lot of, let's say, aggressive neglect from the media for him. And his response, I think, has been telling. I personally am encouraged by seeing McColl have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I think for him in particular, even aside from Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valley standing, guys that have to get used to Patrick. Like, I think this is the prime time for McColl to really put down what he can get done in this coming season. Am I wrong or is this just extra for him that he knows the offense? No, I, I, I don't want to be wrong at all. I mean, let's be realistic about what lies in front of McCole Hardman. I, and I, I wrote about this about for Chiefs Digest the other night. And, um, you know, it, just look at what Christian Kirk got with Jacksonville this year because of a 900-plus yard season. Mm-hmm. If McCole Hardman goes out and has a 900,000-yard season, somebody's going to offer him $72 million. They're going to give him $37 million guaranteed. That is what's out there for McCole Hardman. So not only does he have that contract year motivation, he's also going to be given an opportunity to have more snaps and reps at the position that he's most comfortable in because Tyreek's not there now. He's not going to be getting the the leftover scraps, you know, that that Tyreek's not running or when Tyreek's been hurt. He's now going to get the majority of the snaps in a position where he's comfortable. He's going to have the opportunity right there in front of him. And, 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 and clearly he's motivated. As you said, he has not let any overlook or neglect go unnoticed. I mean, anytime that there's any shade thrown in his direction, he's been fully all over it. So yeah. the, the the young man is scouring the web looking for, you know, bulletin board material and more power to him. But, you know, and that was one of, and one of the things they talked about yesterday is that the, the knock on, on McColl has always been, you know, regarding my point, which is that, February to May is when you get better as a receiver. And probably more so, I think, receiver than any other position. But in the NFL, if you want to take a leap from year to year, February through May is when you do it. Because the teams don't have enough time. When you get to OTAs and training camp, you're installing offenses. You're trying to, you're, you're reviewing film. You're, you're meeting about those kinds of things. You're, you're setting everything up. You're not developing new techniques. You're not figuring out how to how to you know beat guys you know off the, off the jump. You're not trying to you know refine the top of your route. I mean, all the things that you're doing, uh, you know, that you want to get better at, you better be doing that in February, March, and April on your own with your own trainers and with other guys around the league. And the knock against McColl is then that maybe that's when he doesn't put as much effort into it. And obviously, the first week that Mahomes was working and there was no sign right. of McColl. All of that talk came back up again. And and clearly, you know, Patrick and McColl tried to shoot that down, saying it's all blown out of proportion. He's been down there. He's getting some work in and everything. Um, and and I will say this. I mean, from McColl's standpoint, I don't I don't I don't think that working with Patrick is necessarily the biggest thing that he needs to do. Man's caught thousands of passes from Mahomes. Mahomes knows right. his deal. And, you know, if anything, I mean, you know, Mahomes is probably biggest, you know, a point. Mahomes would just be to keep running. 
that's always been the thing that sometimes McColl doesn't do. It's just keep running. But McColl, Mahomes needs all the time in the world with the other guys. So I don't know if that's the biggest deal. But again, to me, I mean, the fact that McColl is, is there and working on things like his releases, all that stuff, that's a good sign. And it's, it's what he needs to do. I mean, I think it's been fair that maybe that, you know, one of the reasons we haven't seen that that leap from year to year from McColl has been that maybe his, you know, offseason strategy isn't the best. Maybe some other guys have 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 better plans. But if he's changing that plan this offseason and he's doing a little bit different work, maybe that's going to help. I mean, the in, the opportunity is absolutely laid out for McColl Hardman to have a spectacular season. And if he doesn't, I mean, I'll say it. I mean, I think it's on McCole Hardman if he doesn't. Yeah. I, I like what you said before, too. It is maze where you show up with a, a couple of new weapons in your tool bag. It, it's you. It's up to you to go develop those before you get back to OTAs, particularly in, in phase three. I know this is this is conditioning normally, and this is obviously something different. But if you haven't, if, if you go down to see Patrick this last week and you haven't developed anything in the meantime, and I agree with you for McCole, that means having watched film, having someone help coach him through recognition, and particularly for me about playing through contact and stacking the, the corners better so that he can be the guy that is trusted in those situations and can run routes where it isn't cleared out for him. There isn't somebody else taking the distraction away. So I think this is key, and, and I've I've been one that's been waiting and, and feeling like McColl has had the chance to, to break out for the last couple of years. So it comes down to this, and if he does great, and if he doesn't, I think there's enough talent that they brought in. My question to you, overall, bringing in that talent, is what we've seen from them this far indicated they are doing a lot of their offseason planning around pushing McColl and the two guys they have. Is this something that relates back to the draft that maybe, yes, they want to bolster the room, but maybe they're not looking to go try to, to draft a wide receiver one type prospect. Is that the feeling that you get, or are we still talking first round, move up the whole nine yards? I mean, my gut and my feeling is telling me that, you know, the Chiefs want to surround Patrick Mahomes with as many weapons as possible. And that has clearly meant this offseason, you know, taking some multiple shots in free agency. Um, you know, they've done a few different things. I mean, they've, they've, they've gone for the reclamation projects. They've gone with, you know, extending some of the, the bets they made last year with guys like, you know, Josh Gordon. It's been going out and getting established receivers like Juju and MVS. Um, I can't imagine, especially looking at their top 30 visits, that they're not going to spend uh, an early, early draft pick on a receiver. I mean, it's, there's just too many smoke signals there that, indicate that that's the direction that they're going to go and i and i think it's obviously it's consistent with everything that brett veach has done since he's been gm i mean clearly he made a commitment last year that he was going to make sure that patrick mahomes had some protection that he had an offensive mm -hmm. line but one thing he's done consistently from day one as a gm is that he's been out and making sure that patrick mahomes has weapons i mean one of the first things he did obviously as a gm was going out and getting sammy watkins and part of that was saying you know we're always going to make sure that Patrick's got the best weapons possible. So no, I mean, I, I, I would be stunned at this point if the chiefs do not invest some draft resources in the receiver position, even secondarily, because I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a second receiver simply because they need some returners. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I would expect if they take a second, a second, you know, wide receiver, in the draft, it's going to be a return specialist, the guy that they feel like Dave Tobe can develop. 
I think we'll touch base again with you and Dane Brugler coming up here on another show in, I think, two days, folks. Be ready for that. But in the meantime, check out everything Matt's putting out at ChiefsDigest.com. That's where you can get his work, Matt. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Always a blast, Ryan. Take care, everybody. Folks, you know us. Whether you like it or not, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a good day.